we are live. <laughs> Welcome to this latest episode of Totally Unscripted. My name is CDev M. Hoxie. I'm with CDev Charles or Chas Maxim and uh, CDev Steve W. Hey, everybody. How are you well, doing, Chas Maxim? <laughs> yeah, doing good. So, Martin, where are those developer titles we've got there? So, this is rolling out today. So, um, if you're a, a if you're working in the the Google developer ecosystem, you can claim your Google developer profile. And you can not only do that, you can claim your own sh little short URL. So uh, hurry quick to avoid disappointment. <laughs> um, that way you're not Martin Hoxie 1369. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's right. <laughs> The ever Steve W is really pissed off, right? Now. That's right. I'm sure there's a lot. <laughs> so uh, we've got we've we've gone back to I think a, a really hot topic uh, for today's episode. So we're talking about Google Workspace Marketplace add-ons, which is a bit bit of a mouthful, but um, I think a great topic to be discussing. And we've got a great set of guests as well, which we'll bring on in a second. But it's really impressive in terms of the marketplace, in terms of uh, a place for developers to um, really have quite a high profile and an opportunity to um, build on top of um, Google's work, workspace platform uh, and and do well from it as well. Yeah, yeah, without simplifying it, the opportunity to write a solution and share it with the world is really at your fingertips. And it allows you to take a good idea make it a great idea, share it, maybe even monetize it. So Steve, I mean, you've actually had add-on entries for a while. Um, we're gonna hear more today about that profile or perspective, but I mean, love to hear more about how you even got started doing that. Sure, I remember when it was um, a 2B item and I was one of the first ones to have an add-on out there. So that was what, six, seven years ago now? <laughs> I don't know, it's been quite a while. Uh, but, you know, I really like how Google has said, hey, um, we are proud of our features, but it's possible there are some maybe gaps or pain points and allowing third party developers like ourselves to come in to, to offer a, a free download. And then maybe if we choose to monetize, uh, we can. But somehow Google brings out resources to give free consulting to make it better and to vet us to ensure the end users aren't going to be harmed. So I think what Google has done for developers like ourselves is just great. Yeah, that makes sense. And, and today we got some guests that are both very successful with add-ons, as well as we have a treat where we actually have Elena joining us from the product team who helps developers understand how we can get there. So why don't we bring our guests on and hear more about their stories? Oh, hi everyone. Uh, thank you, Charles, for having me. Absolutely. Hello, Romain and John. Hello. Why don't we just <laughs> folks who may not know you? Now everybody knows Romain because he's been a, a GDE and, a, and in this space for such a long period of time. But Romain, why don't you refresh us or for folks who know who you are, a little bit about your background and how you got started at this and talk about scripted a little bit. Tell us what you focus on as a business. Uh, sure. So I've uh, worked with Google Apps Script since the beginning, so more than 10 years ago. Uh, and I uh, started uh, sharing solutions in a very uh, uh, early stage uh, Apps Script gallery uh, right at the beginning. And so uh, for me, uh, moving to the uh, add-on uh, ecosystem, uh, has been just a, a natural path. Uh, I already had uh, uh, different uh, scripts uh, that were uh, available to users in the gallery, and I evolve uh, with uh, all uh, the all Google had to offer and uh, evolve with the offering uh, from Google, uh, going from uh, the uh, old app script gallery uh, to uh, the first uh, add-ons uh, that were uh, editor add-ons that were available uh, in Google Sheets and uh, now uh, into uh, Google Workspace add-ons available uh, pretty much in every uh, Google apps. Uh, 
I created uh, some of the uh, most successful uh, add-ons and uh, marketplace apps uh, available on the marketplace, like Get Another Mail Merge, Awesome Table, Form Publisher, things like that. Uh, and uh, that uh, part of uh, my uh, life is uh, done now. I'm not uh, working <laughs> on this product anymore. Uh, but uh, I was, uh, I really enjoyed uh, creating uh, uh, mail merge uh, add ons. And uh, even if uh, there are tons of uh, mail merge solutions available on the marketplace as of now, I thought it was uh, still a good idea to uh, build yet another one. Uh, <laughs> and I created uh, Mergo. Uh, which is still the uh, only uh, full mail match solution available as a Google Workspace add-on. Oh, awesome. uh, and so uh, at Scripted, uh, I uh, focus mostly on uh, building and maintaining uh, new Google Workspace add-ons, uh, including uh, Mergo, a mail match solution, uh, Publigo, uh, document merge solution uh, and uh, Folgo, uh, a Google Drive add-on, uh, which uh, lets you uh, automate uh, bulk actions in Drive, like uh, copy a wall uh, folder hierarchy, transfer ownership of that folder hierarchy, uh, inspect it uh, to get some metrics about the number of files, uh, who are the owners, things like that. Awesome. So, John, you're relatively new to some folks because you're a newer GDE, but everybody knows, or everybody should know, is you're the man behind the unicorn. <laughs> Thank you, yeah. Um, how did you get here? And tell us, what was the inspiration for that distinctive name, Unicorn Magic? <laughs> sure. I, I feel like I took a really roundabout way to get here, uh, and I always say I'm an accidental developer. Um, uh, the running theme, though, is my daughter, who's now just turned eight. Uh, and so rewind to when she was not born yet. Uh, I was trying to make myself so I could be more prepared. And I was, used, I was a high school math teacher, so I taught math at secondary school for 15 years and wanted to have my students collaborate more using Google Docs. And I wanted to streamline that process of making math assignments. And I don't know if you're aware, it was really hard to type math to get math into a Google Doc. And so um, I learned how to code to do that. And I made a Google add-on called GMath and um, that made it so I could make my workflow as a teacher more, more streamlined. And so then I didn't know, unbeknownst to me, that got super popular because uh, it was the same time as Romaine was just talking about when the going from, I used to just share to other teachers and had the add-on built in and then they would use it with their students. And uh, I, I didn't realize that it was gonna get so popular. And uh, fast forward about a year and a half and uh, when Forms add-ons got released, GMath for Forms, was super popular and um, in when TechCrunch wrote up about the forms add-ons release, they had a one line in there about GMAP for forms and I had cobbled together like a really bad uh, server and it crashed and I didn't know it was teaching full time. Uh, but on that day, um, I got back home and I had like 700 emails telling me my server crashed. It was reloading server crash and so many people are saying it broke, it broke, it broke. And so that told me that A, I had lightning in the bottle and B, I couldn't teach full time and still maintain this. So um, it remained with that was back in 2015, I think, 2014. And Romain was super helpful. He had just started monetizing yet another mail merge. And I asked him a lot of advice on how to monetize an add on. And I ended up um, leaving teaching, sold GMAT to another company based in Northern Ireland called Texthelp. And we turned GMAT into a Chrome extension called Equatio. Uh, so I spent about three years um, doing that, like monetizing it and learning about product, which was awesome. Mm. Um, and at the same time, just still learning out how to develop it. I am sh ashamed to admit, but also very positive that it took me about four years to know that Google Apps Script was just JavaScript. So when people ask me, <laughs> what language do you know? I was like, I only know Google Apps Script. And then eventually it was a huge relief to know that it's just JavaScript because then all my questions I could find answers to on Stack Overflow. And so that really leveled me up as a coder to know that I knew JavaScript. Um, and so I think that <laughs> kind of got me here. I'm pretty sure we mentioned that in the marketing, but oh, but good. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so after I, I left Textile because I um, actually had a couple of my add-ons where 
people wanted me to support them more. And I love that process of building and uh, kind of scaling versus kind of growing, main, maintaining that. And so, uh, so I left there and I started a company and my daughter was, I think five. And I said, what should we start our company? And instantly she said, unicorn magic. And so now like my branding is pink and I have a unicorn and purple colors, all like if you asked a five-year-old what, uh, five-year-old girl, what your branding should be, you would have like unicorns and pink and purple. And so, and I love it. And I've just kept going with that ever since. So that's, awesome. that's how we got unicorn magic and the branding. Yeah, that is awesome. So you only have to give her 10% of the commission too, which is awesome. No, but she is our chief marketing officer. So I do run like new logos past her or new, like I have her do all my uh, flow. Cause if she can handle like that user interface, then that is my inspiration. To, it's Hold that easy. thought. It's a great point about user experience. We'll get that to a second, but I want to segue to Elena. Um, first of all, uh, one of the great things about this, we a lot of people are eager to go on this journey. In fact, I want to do a shout out to Philly B who's put in the comments that he's trying to build his first add on for the marketplace, but Philly also put the hashtag challenging. So we have Elena on to actually help or understand maybe some of those challenges and what the process is and maybe help, um, knock a few of the blockers down. So Elena, can you introduce yourself, your role, your background, what your yeah. team does at Google and what should folks know about building add-ons? Absolutely. Uh, so yeah, I'm program manager for the uh, platform team and similar to John, I'm sort of accidental program manager, <laughs> accidental <laughs> uh, person working in a tech company because my background initially as business. Uh, but funny enough, both of my parents were computer science engineers and I think I was kind of, you know, um, uh, ignoring this for um, half of my life. And then at some point, that's, that's kind of, yeah, that's reached me anyways. Um, as a program manager for the platform team, I, I think I wear multiple hats, but, uh, but, but the most relevant here, uh, I supervise the marketplace um, review process. Um, and um, I, I work uh, on multiple developer experience program and, and specifically um, the publishing experience. So uh, to Philip B comment, I, I really want to hear about your challenging experience and, and, and see if we can help you. But, but yeah, so that's, that's about me. Yeah, that's a great segue. If there's any specific questions from anybody listening in live, please shoot them in. And towards the end of the show, we'll actually talk about ways you can contact us for help, assistance, or support. But we'll hold that for a second. We'll build the suspense so you have to stay and watch the whole session. Hey, so real quick, I mean, I think you kind of covered it in the introductions. And I want everybody, obviously, to jump in on this topic, uh, especially you, Steve, as well, too, since you've done this. I mean, going to the marketplace, you know, obviously, you know, like you mentioned, John, you, can, you had a great idea and you wanted to share it. But at some point, the opportunity becomes more than just sharing because you obviously have to, you know, maintain and grow a business around it. Um, also, you need to come up with the idea, though, too, and you have to figure out how do you make that idea. You know, Romain, you mentioned, yeah, there's there's other products that may be similar, but you've also branched out to other ones. What's kind of the inspiration of the opportunity? Where did you realize, or when did you realize that this was a viable business opportunity that you could, you know? give up teaching, or you could actually focus on this as a primary business venture um, you know, that, you, that you, you could monetize and make money off of, either or. I can break the ice, I guess. Sure. Sure, so I have this uh, product with a um, partner, and the story behind that is the partner was a customer of mine. Uh, he wanted, he has something like an Uber thing called Boomerang Transport, and he wanted to send out text messages, similar you see Uber does. But um, so he loved your spreadsheet. He wanted some programming to use Twilio in the background. So it was done. But then I thought about, wouldn't it be cool to partner with him since he's kind of like a apps grip hacker himself and he has a business mind, a successful one at that. So I asked him, would you like to create an add-on with me? So we've got this little passive income thing going now after about six years and almost 6 million messages later. So it was neat to take an old customer, approach them to join, a, create a new business entity and, you know, work together and profit from it. I, I guess for Romain and John, do, do, do your origin stories come from, well, I need this and it doesn't exist. So I just made it. Um, for me, it was no, it was not to answer my own needs. It was uh, mostly that I was uh, 
uh, well involved a lot uh, on the uh, AppScript forum, uh, seeing a lot of uh, unanswered use cases. And at the same time, uh, uh, 10 years ago, it was uh, pretty fun to uh, work on the uh, uh, Google Workspace. Uh, it was not called that at the time, uh, environment, because uh, you had uh, new features coming every uh, day, weeks. Uh, and uh, um, it, it was true for end users, but also for developers uh, who could uh, get uh, their hands on uh, new APIs all the time. And uh, so for me, it was super cool to see, oh, uh, uh, here's a, a new thing. What could I do with it? And there were already uh, mail merge solutions, for example, uh, available uh, in the uh, gallery. Uh, but at some point, uh, Google uh, released a, a real uh, uh, interaction with Gmail, Gmail app in AppScript. And before that, it was only possible to uh, send email, but not interact with Gmail. And so I had the idea to use that to uh, uh, retrieve a Gmail draft as your template for an email campaign. And that was simply because Google broke that new possibility mm -hmm. that I saw that I thought, oh, it could be fun to bring something out of that. And uh, after that, so uh, thanks to AppScript, you can uh, build uh, something used by a lot of users and it costs you zero because you don't pay for uh, AppScript usage. So usually uh, you're, yeah, you can uh, 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 deploy a script, uh, publish it on the marketplace and uh, leave it like that. It can have uh, a, a lot of users and you don't have to worry about uh, your credit card. And, uh, going <laughs> wide, I'm Was sorry. it uh, similar for you, John? Yeah, definitely. Um, it's funny because actually I took my inspiration from Romaine saying that it could be possible to monetize because before that it was all just free and that was the understanding that uh, there could be a business case. And I did kind of scratch my own itch. But in doing that, I had like this uh, feedback cycle from users who were like, hey, I'm trying to use your thing in this way that you totally unintended to use it. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. And then similar to Romaine, I'd be like, well, maybe we could use this other thing. And then as new I get exposed to more and more APIs, then more solutions came out. A lot of it from feedback of users who were saying, hey, I'm trying to make a form. Math has a picture. Can you do these other things? And so that led to this iteration process of incorporating more and more ideas from and feedback from uh, users and even people who are like, hey, you make add-ons. I want to make an add-on and kind of iterating in that sense. So, John, you draw inspiration from Romaine. You've been at it for a while now, though. Um, and, you know, Steve Romaine, this question is for you as well, too. What advice would you give somebody like Philly B, for example, who's new and starting this out? Um, what, you know, quickly, briefly, not to hold you to it, but what, what, what advice or guidance would you say, things you really need to think about to be successful at this? What have you learned the hard way and what have you learned the right way? I'll chime in first too. Um, one of the things I wanted to do, since the add-on I chose would be a right sidebar, I wanted everything to happen there. I didn't want it to link and open up a new browser tab because they could get lost and distracted. So even when it came to monetization, I had this little stripe thing that goes right inside of the right sidebar. So I think keeping everyone right there, in this case, spreadsheet with that experience improves the chance of closing the deal, right? Another thing to think about is uh, competitive in the marketplace. Uh, at the time, five P, um, with texting from a spreadsheet, I think they were offering five free text messages to kick the tires. Well, we decided to do 50. Now other people are doing 50, but we we're first ones to do that. So I think those are some of the uh, points to think about before you, you get going of, of how, you know, look at the big picture and set some goals. And the last thing I wanted to mention before handing it off is we wanted to keep it simple as possible. Uh, make it like a utility mindset. Um, and Google helped us to go from four steps to process these to just two. Mm -hmm. So we get free consulting from Google when they do the review in Vetus as well. So I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> John Romain. 
But what, what advice would you give a new a, a new business, a new builder, a new add-on author? Sure. I think for me, the biggest, like the hardest thing for me to do is I come from a very step-by-step -step oriented process and it's to not make my app be step-by-step. -step. Like just because I, this is how I thought about building it. I flip it around and try to think, what is the pain point that I'm trying to solve? What's that user experience look like? Uh, and then build that on the back end. And so I think that's why um, it makes it easy to identify that, but that's kind of that differentiating point. Like even with Remain, there's so many mail merging apps, which makes the differencing there. And so if you can make it uh, solve the pain point versus cutting down processes. Um, and so those were the hard parts is how to make it stand out. But I think the biggest benefit for me is I didn't have, Google helps me scale everything. Like I have millions of installed users and, you know, thousands and thousands of daily active users that I don't have to worry about. Will it crash because of that? add-on ecosystem and framework allows it to scale up on that, which is huge because then I could just uh, focus on kind of that, what does that experience look like and not will my app crash. Yeah, it makes sense. Ramin, you're the you're the OG of add-ons. You know, you're, uh, you're, you're like the, you're the original one out there. Um, what's, your, what's your best piece of advice for folks like Philly B? What would you say this is what you need to take care of to be successful? Uh, make it simple. Um, try to uh, pass uh, the um, uh, review uh, as fast as possible. Uh, don't try to uh, make something uh, super perfect. Uh, best is to uh, uh, go out uh, as soon as possible. Uh, then you will uh, have your first installs. Uh, you will get your first reviews. There. Uh, uh, they will be bad if your add-on is not uh, mm -hmm. working perfectly, but that's how you will uh, uh, be motivated to uh, improve it, fix it uh, fast and so on. Uh, so yeah, uh, make something that works, but super simple. Uh, do the review. Uh, do the review um, with the uh, minimal amount of work possible. Uh, and then play with your users. That's a great, that's great advice. Hey, a couple of things I want to share, and, I'll, and Elaine, I want you to jump in on this as well, too, from your perspective. But there's a couple of things I always hear people worry about, too, or wonder about, too. One of the things is we know a lot of what add-ons do is really around extensibility or, or filling the gaps of missing functionality. Um, having a great idea is worth sharing, but also don't be surprised if that great idea gets rolled into the product one day. I mean, one of the funny ironies is you know, mail merge, which clearly is popular, clearly in demand. And as you mentioned, Romain, there's multiple other solutions out there as well. It's a piece of functionality that I always thought we'd build on the product one day, but we just had it. Um, but there are other ideas that I see people come out with and whether accidentally or by design, we come out with a, you know, it becomes part of the product and the product evolves. So that's one of the, the, the first things I always say is share the idea, but don't be surprised if somebody else comes up with the same idea too, because there's, there's a lot of good ideas out there. The second thing that I always um, see with it is, and, and you both, you all hit it on the head, the user experience is critical. You know, getting people to install it, frankly, can be the easy part, but getting them to come back is the harder part, right? Making them, quote unquote, in love or dependent with your solution is important as well, too, especially if you're monetizing and you want to monetize for future. We'll, we'll talk about creation part in a second. I really want to get into how you folks actually go about building and designing everything from your user experience to your deployment. But Elena, what if, what do you hear from folks about what makes them you know, more successful versus less successful in the entire process? Yeah, and, and, and I agree a part about user experience. And um, I also agree that um, adoption is more challenging, but I'd say that the first step, uh, the first experience users have with your add-on, uh, assuming it's published into the marketplace, is actually in the marketplace, it's your app listing. And, uh, you know, I, I mentioned that I have background in marketing, uh, that, you know, we all know that first impression counts. So I'd say uh, don't neglect the creation of your product page. And I say it a lot, right? So mm -hmm. I say really great functionalities, but for some reason, developers are not necessarily taking care of the app listing, screenshot, images, right? mm -hmm. providing a simple description of what your add-on of your application does in their app description, right? So explain to users why, again, the simple text, uh, images, videos, um, 
you know, you have those opportunities. And then obviously, once you go in through this first step of adoption process, your, your application is installed, then again, welcome your users. If you think about their uh, workspace add-on framework, for example, you have a good opportunity, great opportunity using the, the homepage. You would be surprised how many applications are not leveraging this, right? So create a, a, a some sort of like welcome UI and explain to users what their next steps are. And then you have multiple opportunity to engage with your users outside of the marketplace, right? So um, I know that I, you know, when I install a couple of add-ons to test them, I, I all suddenly receive emails and that's great, right? So re-engage with your users outside of the marketplace. Um, Another thing that I, I don't say a lot, but I, I encourage all of you doing it. And when your uh, add-on is um, adding new functionalities, we don't necessarily have our, a specific UI for this, but but add a couple of um, you know um, words in your app description line. Hey, we added this and this functionality, right? And and that's also a great way for uh, for you to not only show that you continue maintaining and growing your solutions. Uh, but also uh, providing more information for potential users. And, and I don't forget about, again, and, and I think you, you'd probably know those numbers, when you publish into the marketplace, your add-on is available to 5 billion users, including enterprise users, including admins. So the opportunity is huge, but you need to make sure that you're, um, you're not scaring away potential users. Uh, about that... Uh... I would mention that, that um, so a new add-on uh, isn't super visible in the marketplace because marketplace is mainly sorted based on the uh, number of uh, users. Uh, so uh, at the beginning, you start at the bottom, meaning that if you want someone to find you, it must be through search. And if you don't uh, uh, spend some time uh, on the description uh, of your listing, uh, then people won't find you. And uh, the description is a very good opportunity uh, to yeah, add a lot of but keywords to make sure that people find you. That's a great point. And by the way, on, on this, we are making some... Um, we're working on some features. For example, the searchability is on the 2022 roadmap. You'll see more coming. Uh, another thing that we recently introduced is the concept of um, curation. So some of their newer applications, they're, they're promoted for, for, for some time, to Roman's point, to be, to be discovered and to give opportunity for users to discover them. But, but it's true, if you're starting from zero, it, it is very difficult. We have um, more than 5,000 public applications in the marketplace. So it, it's it's true that it's it's easy to be uh, lost in this uh, volume. This discussion also reminds me, uh, it's a question as well for everyone. Um, stability of your product and gracefully handling errors. Uh, what are some of the things that you thought about to help to stabilize your product? Do you remove a feature that makes things unstable or do you keep it? Um, like, for example, with our text G-Blaster, uh, we said, well, let's only send 500 at a time to make it more stable and no more than 15,000 a day sort of thing. Uh, what experiences have you had that you've resolved regarding errors and stability? Wait, who is errors? <laughs> now, no one wants to answer that because they don't do having errors. John, uh, over to you. Sure, yeah. <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll say that uh, I had shifted from editor add-ons for the longest time to the new Google Workspace add-ons, and I love that. Like I, the advice I'd give to anybody trying to start would be use the Google Workspace add-on framework, not the editor one, because you can get all the editors integrated in a nice way to do it. Um, the only thing that tripped me up that was hard was the 30 seconds of execution runtime, where if you have a really long process, like I have people who are taking PDFs and I parse questions out of there. So if you have a big PDF, I need to worry about what do I do if it's going to take too long? And so you have to restrict the size. And so those are some of the considerations where I have users tell me something's broken, uh, that I didn't test because they had 150 page PDF and I didn't anticipate that. And so... Mm. Um, so a lot of times that comes from the user, even though I do the best that I can to try to test out to make sure that it fits all my use cases. 
Um, and so having the a message that throws the error. And so uh, the same thing, like having an error, I have an error message card that pops up when it comes with an error and I can, my most common ones, it tries to help them out. Otherwise I tell them to go to the support. But that was the biggest thing for me is how to handle when it does have an error and not have them just always constantly email me as well to like process my time on that. Anything to add, Romain? Uh, well, something super useful is that uh, uh, app script projects uh, are, uh, you can easily uh, link an app script project uh, to uh, the uh, GCP console uh, and to cloud logging and uh, cloud, cloud error reporting. Uh, and when you're building an add-on uh, and maintaining uh, that add-on, it's super useful. Uh, you get uh, all the errors uh, in uh, um, in cloud logging. Uh, you get the exact uh, uh, line of code uh, where there was the error, uh, and uh, you can uh, yeah, get metrics on those errors and so on. Uh, add more logs to better understand uh, where the error is coming from. Uh, all that, and if you build. Uh, Google Workspace add-on, it means that all your code is on server side. So all errors uh, will be handled via uh, cloud logs. And so you're sure to have a list of all errors uh, in cloud logs. Whereas if you have uh, an old editor add-on, uh, you will have client side errors and server side errors that you will have to manage uh, differently. That brings up a question that we've had from Manny. Uh, any plan for proper promise slash async support in app script since it's server side, it seems more difficult. I'm not sure uh, the right people are uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, but it's uh, out an, there. <laughs> an instrument on that. Yeah. Not, 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 not the first one to ask for. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so real, real quick, first of all, I want to I want to just put a quick time check in. I rarely do this, but I think this episode is going to go long because we've got a lot of great questions coming in and a lot of great things. I will play a little speed round here, though. If we can put our questions, uh, put our answers up quicker and to the point, because I have a ton that I wanted to try to get through, and I feel we're behind already. But I think it's fascinating. This is a great conversation, by the way, guys and gals. Uh, real quickly, I just want to know, first of all. Um, you know, you kind of alluded to it, John and Romaine. I know you've become a super big fan of uh, Google Workspace add-ons versus editor add-ons. In a quick sentence, why did you choose that? For me, it's the one app, multiple integrations. So uh, I don't have to, I can do that. Um, and then secondly, the card interface, uh, that is super helpful. And especially, I know you've shared it many times, but the, uh, the card builder to help. I don't have to worry about HTML, learning it, CSS. I can just use that beautiful card builder uh, for the design. Romain. Uh, same for me. Uh, so one of uh, my add-on is uh, Folgo. Uh, it's a Google Drive add-on. And there's, there's uh, no other possibility uh, than uh, building a uh, Google Workspace add-on. Uh, but uh, for my uh, mail merge add-on, Mergo, uh, I knew that uh, a lot of uh, people uh, prefer to uh, do their mail merge uh, in Gmail and others in Sheets. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, Google Workspace add-on was the uh, best way uh, to make sure that uh, the add-on would work exactly the same way uh, if users were playing in Gmail or Sheets. Is there a circumstance where you may build an editor add-on in the future? I'll say yes, only because I do so many things in forms and the forms editor add-on is the only way to integrate directly in forms. Romain? Uh, I, uh, I suppose I could, I still have old add-ons uh, mm -hmm. that are still working uh, and that are uh, still uh, available as editor add-on and there could be uh, how to migrate uh, so there are some use cases where mm -hmm. uh, not having all uh, the possibilities you want in terms of client-side JavaScript uh, and HTML uh, might be problematic. So yes, indeed, there are some use cases where it might be better uh, uh, yeah, to go the 
And, and, I, and I was just going to add to that. Um, in my small business, SWG apps, we have some clients who want add-ons. And, and there's a pattern where they like to create online courses and then say, hey, this is how you do it with Google Sheets, let's say. So they kind of use Sheets to create their system, right? So it's now a unique product. Um, but they want an editor add-on because they got sp uh, specifics that they want that goes beyond what a standard card interface would do. So we see a lot of the, those use cases. Yeah. Elena, is so, there any guidance you would give from the product side on yeah. actually which framework is the right one to use? Yeah, absolutely. I think a lot of great points were already uh, mentioned by John and Romain. And, and, and so I kind of come back to this user experience story. Uh, card framework, although sometimes uh, sort of like you might feel it's a, it's a kind of a gating mechanism, right? So you're not as flexible as, as you would like to, but it's great for users, right? Users having this uh, sort of workspace unified experience across multiple integrations. And then, John, you mentioned across if you have an application that works with Gmail and editors and, and so providing a similar experience, it does help you with adoption ultimately, right? So some of the things that we're doing and then you might feel like it's, it's a little bit of painful experience but ultimately it's, it's to to bring more users to you guys so that's number one it's true and i see uh, some comments in the in the in the chat uh it's true that we we still have our, our futures gap a parity but not at parity and and so i can't promise you that we're going to fix it tomorrow neither next year uh so to steve point if you maybe if you have if you so you have solution in mind and it's a specific very niche solution and you want to absolutely do x and it's not available via the card framework by any means uh, build legacy add-on but if you if you have a more ambitious plans and you're you want to you know spin the the your application across all different integrations and uh, you also want to benefit from our let's say a longer term support and then if you you might see that we, we we do invest more in the card framework that we invest in the legacy framework by any means consider workspace add-ons so that's that would be my advice a question from manny really you know john you were mentioning card service and you know processing a pdf um and you know with card stores this for a second execution limit any any tips for best practices to get around these um, I don't know if it's best practices. I always feel like, thankfully, nobody can see what my code looks like when I publish it out there. Um, for me, it was uh, keeping a timer. Like I literally start an execution and then every time I'm looping through, uh, I say, hey, normally it takes four seconds to do this loop. Do I have enough time left? If not, stop and ask them for another 30 seconds. And right. so that's uh, that was something new that it was a new challenge moving from editor add-ons is how do I keep track of that 30 second runtime? And, kind of make sure it doesn't process past that. Um, I know that Romain also had done something where you offload it for um, uh, to pop open some things. So there are some uh, ways that you can help out with that, but um, I don't know if it's best practices. <laughs> hey, I wanted to ask again, remember we're, we're in the lightning round here. Um, I want to ask about how you build these things. Talk about your creation process a little bit. Again, Romain, John, Steve, go for it, doesn't matter. Um, what tool do you use? Are you still primarily App Script? Are you using the built-in editor? Do you use, what's your environment look like? Um, have you moved to alternate runtime? Just, just in a quick, can you tell us what's your environment specialty look like, language of-, of Yeah, uh, so that kind of seems like a good answer to Manny's question. Uh, maybe mm -hmm. the best would be to switch to alternate runtime. Uh, and there he can use uh, Node.js or whatever and do uh, all the promise, async, and stuff like that he wants. So what about you, Romain? What do you build with? Let's talk about your specifically. I mean, you've been app scripting for a long time. You've probably found your, your best flavors. What is your, what's your dev stack look like? Okay, so uh, on my side, uh, yeah, uh, I've, I have 10 years of experience on AppScript, so I know the uh, possibilities, limitation, and how to best play in that environment. And uh, AppScript is the only runtime uh, which is 100% uh, free. Uh, um, <laughs> a mail merge campaign uh, can uh, run for uh, an hour or more uh, if you need to send uh, hundreds and hundreds of emails. So uh, if I needed to switch to an alternative runtime, 
uh, it would uh, cost it uh, in terms of uh, server cost it could be quite big uh, i remember that uh, gmas another mail merge solution not built in AppScript, uh, shared uh, uh, many years ago uh, some server costs and they were uh, quite heavy uh, so uh, yeah uh, for the price i prefer to stick to AppScript. Um, I was uh, in terms, so yeah, uh, uh, AppScript in terms of runtime, uh, in terms of uh, where I code, I'm now uh, using the uh, new uh, AppScript ID. Uh, so I'm not using a Clasp. Uh, I decided to use uh, the uh, online uh, VS Code uh, version. Uh, that is the new AppScript ID. And I'm uh, pretty happy with that. John, same question. Yeah, um, I'm still only in AppScript runtime, um, and, but I have kind of migrated through where I use GCP Cloud Functions a lot for almost like microservices. Um, I'm actually still in the old editor because I like to deploy from Manifest and I just like the, the color integration, but that's where I use a lot of um, Cloud Functions that I do a lot of uh, URL fetches to, so for microservices. So, um, and I actually code in the Google Cloud Shell editor a lot for my Firebase functions uh, for creating those uh, cloud functions. Cool. So nothing fancy, nothing. Uh, nothing nothing fancy at all. Um, I don't have VS code. I do everything in the browser. I code with a Chromebook. So it's like uh, from that education mindset of minimal aspect of devices. Awesome. So the coding part's easy. I get that. What we hear from most add-on purveyors like yourselves is the mystery behind the publishing process. And so having Elena here would be great to debunk it. Um, so one, but once you publish it and you guys both have multiple apps in the marketplace over, over a different periods of time, obviously there's a learning experience. And again, in a lightning round answer, John and Romain first, what have you learned that you would share with others to get through the process as fast as possible? And then we'll bring Elena on to give us the, uh, the insider's answer. Yeah. So on my side, uh, I prefer to uh, have uh, several uh, back and forth until uh, someone at Google is happy with what I submit, uh, <laughs> um, as opposed to like trying uh, to uh, say to myself, okay, I need to uh, do uh, the video that shows the scopes I'm using in this specific way, because uh, if not, they are not going to like it. No, no, uh, I, do, uh, I do it uh, the fastest way possible, send it, uh, then uh, usually it's not perfect the first time. Uh, I uh, do the small correction it needs. And uh, yeah, I prefer to do that. It's uh, extra work on their side. And uh, that's perfect. <laughs> you know Elena's on the call, right? <laughs> <laughs> I kind of second Romain's point about that too, is that uh, also it it's, helps with that development flow of don't let perfect get in the way of pretty good. Yeah. And so... Um, to start that publishing process actually early um, when I'm like, oh, I still have these last little 5%, but the, for the main functionality, like maybe I want to change what that looks like a little bit, but it doesn't change the flow um, because it, it, there is a back and forth and it's helpful. Sure. Um, so that's what I would say too. They're very helpful. It's not, sometimes it might feel like, ah, but once it gets out there, it gets out there. So uh, Lena might want to put her fingers in the ears for this one, but to Romain and John, so um, you can go through the, the add-on publication process. And as long as you don't change your scopes, my understanding is it's not re-reviewed. So do you use that to your advantage? I don't per se. Um, like I might change more of the visual, but I don't like to change the backend part of that. Um, yeah, so I don't know about me. Elena, this is a great point for you to jump in and kind of debunk the mysteries of the publishing process and let us know what's going on. So it's all yours, share. Yeah, absolutely. And I think we have a um, we have a slide that we can pull on quickly. And yeah, I'll try to address some of those points. Well, first of all, I think I mentioned that um, we just presented a slideshow. Um, I mentioned that I wear a few hats, and I think that the, the specific OWASP certification hat is the one that I borrow. <laughs> I don't know, but I'll totally explain the, the, the mystery behind. And when I think about the publishing experience, uh, you know, and you see this sort of like the 
a confused and happy face. And I totally understand for you guys, when you built an add-on, you're it's like, wow, yeah, finally. And then boom, there's publishing process, right? <laughs> and you didn't, you didn't, you didn't, you didn't count on it. And I, I totally echo John and, and that's a great advice. Uh, by any means, um, start it earlier. You don't have to polish your user experience uh, to start the process. Uh, and number two is, and, and, and then I try to sort of like add a couple of bubbles on the slide. Um, there are two processes, in fact, and I see a lot of comments uh, right now uh, when you referring to the publishing experience. Um, you know, you obviously, and it's it's Google, right? So we, you shouldn't you shouldn't feel that you should know how how Google internal <laughs> org works. But in fact, there are two processes. One process is run by the trust and safety. And that's where actually you're getting your OS consent screen verified, your adding scopes, and then your the the data um, access that you will be requesting is validated, verified, and approved. And that's very important. Again, you 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 might feel it's a painful experience for you guys, but what we hear from 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 users, what we hear from admins, they actually uh, really happy that we have this enforcement process in place. And specifically, uh, and I think I saw a comment from Steve about their, I presume, restricted scopes, right? Restricted scopes, it's even a more complicated process requiring not only time investment, but also uh, our financial uh, investment. The, this process for more sensitive data is also to make sure that we have some processes in place uh, and 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 so there, when the the enterprise customers and specifically admin decide to adopt your solution and install it across multiple user cells, and and, and sometimes they, they they trust it, right? So they trust that uh, the application is secure. So those red bubbles is basically the process you're going through to get your data verified. The blue bubbles, <laughs> it's a marketplace review process. That's a process that um, is run by their uh, workspace platform marketplace team. And that's more about user experience, uh, making sure that your, again, uh, app store listing is created, all marketplace policies are uh, respected and you're in compliance. But we also do check, and this is where actually the OS verification process sometimes is a bottleneck. We check that you went successfully through the OS verification process. And again, Think about marketplace review process is, is is some sort of a free QA process for you guys, right? So we're going through the user experience as we're, we're users, and we're making sure that the application that you're you're publishing um, is good, right? Is secure, as 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 it's a certain quality. And it's true that sometimes there are back and forth because we we you know we might not understand what 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 exactly trying to achieve, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera, but it's for your own good. We're making sure that when the application is published, users are ultimately happy with. So again, my advice for the OS verification process, right? Um, do it earlier. I know there is um, the, the team is working on some improvements, and and I hear a lot about the demo video and how confusing can it be, and there is a lot, lot of back and forth. But I also feel, and I didn't make a question to like Romain and, and John, I do feel that we made some progress. It's it's getting better, uh, but I also do understand when when it's your first time going through the process, it, it does sound confusing. And and by any means, again, uh, uh, there's also the comment about human interaction. Uh, there when you submit your application to be published into the marketplace uh, a couple of days a maximum couple of days later you'll receive an email from the review team and and they're they're your humans behind this process that are happy to support you and happy to clarify the process itself one thing that i'll call out though and and, and i hopefully have some audience here is if you want to make sure that we send you this welcome email please provide a, a, a correct developer email. Unfortunately, and I say it a lot, you'll, you'll just as of kind of a funny story. Uh, when you when you go through the publishing, um, you know, marketplaces decay UI, you're, you're not providing necessarily the right channel to communicate with you guys. So, but if you do this, I think everything will, should be fine. And I just, uh, yeah, maybe like quickly going back to the, to, to my slide, um, the publishing a public app obviously required to go through all of the steps. Publishing our private app is is a is a is a more as a 
straightforward process. Yeah, that makes good sense. Hey, what, what I think I would, sorry okay. to jump on that. That's the most important thing I think is scopes and thinking about scopes and data uh, in terms of getting your add-on installed and used is that do the most restrictive scopes, which is different from just making an add-on and then publishing it, um, being thoughtful in the beginning or pairing out scopes. But also in the education sphere, there's many states in, in the US that have new data protection laws that you'll have to sign before they'll install your add-on. And Google helps do that. We're thinking about what data am I asking for and not asking for too much and how am I protecting it? So it's a, a thought process on how to get installed domain-wide. Just um, a quick one on that. So one of the requirements is a, you know, a, a, a website with things like terms of service. In terms of creating a terms of service, did you go to a specialist or did you just search for um, kind of wording that Copy, could copy something. Copy. Uh, <laughs> open I don't say copy. I say I get inspired from. I don't. Yeah. Copy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, if uh, it's um, uh, the same thing, uh, you uh, will. It will be uh, better for you uh, to carefully review uh, your terms of use and privacy policy. Policy maybe with a lawyer. Uh, once you start uh, monetizing and getting a lot of users, uh, but at the beginning, uh, just uh, take a look at a few uh, marketplace listings, uh, open their terms of service uh, and privacy policy, uh, try to uh, uh, get inspiration uh, from them, uh, and uh, just make sure that uh, it uh, makes sense uh, based on uh, what your uh, uh, add-on is doing. Uh, usually, uh, Google uh, do not really uh, take care about uh, what you're saying in your terms and condition, uh, but it's another thing for the privacy policy, uh, which should carefully indicate uh, what your app is doing with the authorization you are uh, asking your users to grant you. I, I have a question regarding your support of your solutions. You know, for example. You know, creating it, getting a good UI, getting it out there, getting adopted, those are all possible. But both you obviously came from the angle of I'm a creator, I'm a developer, I'm building a solution. You built this thing, now all of a sudden you got tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of users. How did you plan or scale your support mechanisms up? And I mean, you're not, are you just doing this on your own? Like, how do you actually handle your fan club, so to speak? For me, I uh, built Gmail add-ons that help me process those, like when I have to change things and I even build a chat bot to interact with. And so those are the ways that I kind of like build versus hire. Um, so to help automate my processes, which then feed into product as well. So um, how about you, Romain? Uh, I have people uh, with me. Uh, I have uh, uh, someone fully dedicated to uh, support. Uh, mm. and uh, a few other in the team, including myself, uh, answering uh, support questions uh, from time to time. And we are trying to cover uh, the all time zones uh, with, uh, with all the team. Uh, and uh, like John, I also build, um, uh, so support is uh, uh, mostly received uh, via email and I have a, a Gmail add-on uh, from which I can uh, see uh, everything that uh, the user uh, has done in the uh, past hour or so and so on. Uh, and uh, so I add there all the information I need uh, to process things uh, quickly, uh, especially uh, useful when you start uh, monetizing uh, right. with, uh, with a simple click, you can uh, transfer a license uh, consider plan, things like that. Yeah, quick, quick rule of thumb. If you're actually releasing this to the public, what percentage of your business effort does go into the support part of it? John, I mean, you're, you're doing this on your own and obviously you're trying to build new features. You're trying to build a business, but is it, again, I'm not trying to hold you to a specific you know number, but is it like a third of your time is what is what you put into the support? Like what's, what's this, the rule of thumb you would tell somebody new jumping into this to, to plan for? Um, yeah, definitely. It's at least a third. Um, I try to pare it down, but it could take up a half to 75% of like just responding one-on-one -on -one and then building support issues. So it does become quite, um, it could manifest into a lot of time. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm guessing good good investment of time. 
Yeah. It is definitely a good investment of time and they give good feedback too. even the people who are really angry is because they're passionate. And so that's some of the best feedback. And I always say, by the way, my, my simple business advice, if you ignore your customers, they will go away. So uh, you need to support them. Hey, real, real quick. I know we're getting close here on time, but I got a thousand more questions I wanted to ask you all about. I think the marketplace is a great tool for discovery. I think it's great where admins and users alike can find in you know find out about your solutions. But what other tactics do you use to become that viral add-on to get folks to know? I mean, how do you how do you market? How do you become famous? Either one, John. What do you think? <laughs> Uh, for me, it's it's evolved over time. I used to be able to post in Google Plus and get traction, and then you move up into the marketplace, and then it was Twitter. But now it's it's a weird space where um, I'm I don't have the answer anymore. I feel like it used to be I would tweet about things, um, but really for me, the best is just continued usage in the marketplace. Um, All right. So business is good enough. Yeah. You don't need to advertise outside. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, regarding specifically the marketplace, uh, you uh, can, uh, if you uh, don't have a specific ID, but want to build something uh, for the marketplace, uh, try to uh, see uh, where uh, there are uh, not too many apps listed. For example, uh, if you uh, go, uh, if you open Google Drive and open the uh, marketplace listing from Google Drive, you will see that there are not yet uh, tons of add-ons available, meaning that if you publish a new add-on for Drive, uh, you will be a bit more visible than if you build an add-on for Sheets. If you build a Google Workspace add-on, it can be visible in Sheets and in Drive, uh, which is also better. Um, uh, so yeah, try to... Uh, uh, benefit uh, from uh, the, the marketplace. Uh, there are uh, now uh, curated categories also uh, in the marketplace, and uh, maybe we can share the link later, uh, but there are some information about uh, how those uh, listings are created, or maybe Elena could uh, talk about that. And so uh, you might also try to uh, uh, to uh, to be among those who could uh, be listed there. Um, apart from that, uh, yeah, try uh, try to be visible uh, to uh, EDU admins because if EDU admins install you, you get a lot of installs uh, mm -hmm. in one go, and so you get a boost of visibility. Uh, and uh, yeah, try to leverage things like uh, referral programs and things like that. Uh, to uh, be installed by uh, more people. Those, those are good points. I also thought you were going to say coming on totally unscripted would help, but I, do, I don't think that's mm -hmm. enough news. Uh, Elena, from your perspective, what do you what do you see that will make you more recognizable? What will make your add-on kind of pop? Uh, and what have you seen or heard other people do outside of the marketplace? If any any of those things, what are some of the success stories you you, you may have heard? Yeah, I always wanted to actually ask Roman and then John, but feel free to jump later. Again, coming with my marketing background, what about those uh, outside of marketplace digital channels, like posting or uh, you know promoting your application in a um, you know in, in in a content related to your target audience? Let's say you're targeting teachers or EDU, like posting posting in in, in those uh, pages or articles, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And again, talking about um, sorry, that's my clock singing. <laughs> uh, talking about. Um, and, and to Remain's point, it's hard to be discovered when you're new. The way I think about it is you do have to make some sort of investment outside of the marketplace. It's similar to YouTube strategy. I don't know how many of you folks you, you're familiar with this YouTube viral effect, right? But it has to be, it has to reach a certain critical mass first, unfortunately. And and for right. this, to Remain's point, all marketing channels are good enough, right? I, I'm not saying, and then maybe the curious if you guys are trying to even like promote it via paid channels, but but ultimately you need to um, let a certain number of users know about your solution. And if solution is great, then the viral effect will happen. I hear a lot from EDU um, users, teachers. Uh, it's word of mouth, right? You build a great solution. You have a let's say one school or one school board adopting it, and then you know it'll 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 get it'll get it got known. 
similar in the business world, right? So if you have a great solution and and it's it's adopted and then people continue using it, it will it will some, somehow will be known by by many. But the, the first step, obviously, that you need to um, to do on your own outside of I guess marketplace or so. And talking about editor choice, Romain, you mentioned, um, yeah, it's it's publicly available. I think Charles, you just posted it into yeah. So basically, all uh, eligible apps and you have eligibility criteria in this article. Uh, they will be listed as part of the created category. So it's transparent and fair process. So as as as, as soon as you're checking all those boxes, you will be part of that um, part of the promoted app. Awesome. Hey, we're at time. If if everyone's okay to go a minute or two over, I've watched, first of all I want to do a shout out to a bunch of folks that have put some great comments in. So Raul, uh, you're absolutely right. Uh, we've we've captured your questions there. Those are great. I don't think I have time to go into them. Steve mm -hmm. as well. Uh, th thanks for for your comments. I wanted to kind of uh, drive to an end here and talk about, um, and, and Elena, I want to uh, aim this target to you. Uh, you're building it on, maybe you're publishing it, maybe you're stuck, maybe you're changing things, maybe we change things or something. Uh, I know your team, I know my team can't work with every single partner out there. You can't touch everybody. Uh, what do you recommend to developers when they get stuck, uh, if they need help? I mean, I think our documentation is great, but documentation may not be everything. What's the what's the steps you would take to to guide somebody to a to, to a better ending than uh, getting mad at Google? Yeah, so you you definitely start with reading docs and then you read docs again. <laughs> so that's <laughs> your second step again. And then partly because there is it's sometimes confusing and and it's true that in many cases when 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 I I have to answer some sort of like issues or questions, they could be fine in our developer docs. Your next step could be the Stack Overflow. I think John, you mentioned uh, that, that that many times when you're bugging your app or you 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 use this channel, and and the good news is that the Stack Overflow is now also uh, moderated and supported by Google, so it's part of our scalable uh, support effort. So um, questions are getting answered, and not only by community but also by Googlers by Google support. Uh, you're, you have an opportunity to file a, a bug or case uh, via our public issue tracker. Right. So now uh, it's it's a channel that is uh, because it's a public channel. So you're getting exposed to the entire world. So some of the issues I do understand, they require more of a one-to-one -one support. Um, the good news, and, and, and I don't know how many of you are aware, is that we launched our a new support program. It's a pilot, um, and it's only available for now to workspace users. The reason being, we need um, to have some sort of gated environment, right? But you could file the case, and you could discuss your your problem. You could you could start debugging um, as a one to one support, right? So it's again, it's it's we recently launched it. It's limited, but by any means, um, try it out. Um, yeah, and then again, we, we, we do hope that we, we will will improve our support offering uh, going forward. But the child's point, um, we, we can sometimes we can we can offer this one to one support, and and specifically when your question is very specific to what your app is trying to do, it's it's very difficult, right? So we we can we can have uh, people um, looking at your code, for example, or changing code for you. So just to clarify that real quickly, if you have a bug or an issue and you're not a customer, but you're a developer, put that in the issue tracker, issuetracker.google.com. If you are, if you are you have a, what we call a Dasher account. Workspace credentials. If you're an entity that uses it, you can go to that form that Martin flashed on the screen. If you could reflash up Martin, that'd be awesome. He also put it in the notes. Uh, you can go up there and you can actually get additional support in your build process to help you actually get through it. That is super awesome. That is super new. I see the word pilot up there it means we're actually evaluating it from the scale of folks. But if you're interested, please definitely do that. That, that said, we are super at time. I want to pause. First of all, Elena, thank you so much for coming on and doing it. Before we drop off, though, I'd love to hear from John and Romaine. What are some of the future plans for Scripit and Automagical apps? Um, uh, sorry, uh, Automagical, I need your product name. Unicorn Magic, your company name. Um, what, what, what are you guys building? What's next? What's the future? What can we expect? Where are you going with the businesses? Uh, what, what are, where are add-ons taking you? 
yeah, I have a couple new add-ons that are like very close to entering the publishing process. And so that's like been top of mind. Um, and some of them are new, like uh, internal ones that I've been turning to monetize Gmail add-ons and some of the chat things that I do internally. I'm excited to push them out live to the world. Romain? Um, no new add-ons, but uh, mostly uh, new features in uh, my existing add-ons. Um, yeah, I prefer to uh, have uh, only take care uh, of a, a few add-ons, but uh, invest a lot in them, uh, spend a lot of time uh, updating them. Steve, how about you? I'm thinking about Google, excuse me, Google Calendar add-on. Um, in this case, send out reminders. Cool. Martin, how about you for an add-on? Well, I've, I've got a project that is uh, integrates into the Twitter API that has been quietly not an add-on for many years now, but um, in dire need of a, a add-onification. Um, <laughs> <so, laughs> and you can uh, all ask me the same question. I actually publish quite a few internally to our organization. In fact, Google's internal domain has... I think literally in the thousands of add-ons. I think it's over a thousand. So uh, it's quite a few. And so a lot of folks build them internally, but obviously we're not as public focused. Um, but you know, great use cases either way. Um, I, I still think the ability to add functionality to the product is one of its strengths, right? The ability to allow third parties to do it, especially when you look at spaces as specific as EDU or certain other verticals. Uh, I think it makes so much sense. And so uh, absolutely great. Uh, that said, I'm just going to pause. Uh, first of all, thanks, folks, for coming on. I want to thank folks for listening. We're kind of at our end of season here, but we'd love to know what folks would hear for other shows, other ideas. Um, do give us those comments. Do chime in. Do hit us up um, with that, though. Anybody else? Any other questions, comments, thoughts? Happy holidays. What else? Yeah, happy holidays. <laughs> thanks so much for having me on. I am so pumped about it. Huge viewer. Glad to be part perfect great thanks thank you well thanks everyone for tuning in um and particularly all the people in the 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 chat it's been um a real struggle this episode to keep up with all the comments in there which is fantastic problem to have um as charles says um this this will probably be the last for the season so we will see you in the new year in the meantime uh wish you all happy scripting Mm -hmm.